Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about the new film from Richard Linklater. It's on Netflix. It's called Apollo Ten and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. And it is just a fun, cool, little rotoscoped look back at childhood growing up in Texas, obviously very, uh, at least somewhat based on Richard Linklater's own upbringing in Texas, but uh, with a little bit of extra added movie magic. So it's a fun movie, and uh, we will be talking about it with Jason Harris from Awesome Movie Year, who you hear here on Piecing It Together plenty for our trailer episodes, but it's been a while since he's been on a uh, regular movie episode, so I'm happy to have Jason here. Before we get to the conversation, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. We have a lot of episodes on the way, so make sure you're subscribed and you'll get to hear them as soon as they come out. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod, join our Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and don't forget about our Produced by David Rosen Patreon, which combines bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, from Jason's podcast Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. So with all that said, let's talk about Apollo 10 and a half. All right, we told Jason Harris that he would get to do a regular episode of Piecing It Together one of these days, and he's finally here to do one. Jason, how's it going? Dave, stop lying about your benevolence to your audience, all three of them. Here's what happened. We do the preview episode every month, mm. and you gave me the list of previews this month because you half-assed this thing. <laughs> you forgot to put this movie on the preview episode, uh -huh. and we both watched it and realized it was good. And mm -hmm. now maybe people have watched it. Maybe they haven't. We don't know, but we watched it, so we're doing this. So really, I'm doing a service for you, Dave. You're not you're not helping me out here. You're half right about that, Jason. I will I'll admit to half of that because I did forget about this. But the reason I forgot about this is because Netflix didn't promote this at all. And am I am I fair in saying that I saw nothing about this movie anyway? I think I, I I do think that's fair, and it's crazy because it's a Richard Linkletter movie. It's animated. It's really fun. Like. Come on, Netflix, give us a little love on this thing. Absolutely, and uh, and it got it's getting very good reviews. I think most people that see it like it, and you know, I, I wouldn't say that I like loved it, loved it, and you know, it, it's just kind of a fun, chill hangout of a movie. But it's a good movie, and they should be 
giving it a little bit more love, especially it being a Richard Linklater movie. But we'll talk more about what works and all that along through the conversation. Let's get into some puzzle pieces right away because uh, there, there's a there's a lot of different ways to go at this one. I feel like so I don't know. We'll see we'll see what we get to as we're going through. What do you have for your first piece? Well, my first one, and this will not be the only. Um, reference to Linklater's uh, Texas Roots mm. was Spy Kids, uh, which my daughter, uh, which uh, my daughter loved back in the day, the Robert Rodriguez film. And we watched Apollo 10 and a half together and she really liked that. And I really liked that. But the reason I chose it was the idea of a child doing an adult mission and a secret mission. So, hmm. you know, um, I thought that those two and you combine the, the, the Texas indie films uh it was a no-brainer for me uh, so spy kids <laughs> thank you for uh, clarifying at the end there uh yeah no that's a great piece i i hadn't thought of that but yeah it, it definitely has that you know fun kid kind of feel to it and, and mixed with the uh the the texas hangout kind of a thing so uh, I, I like I like including Spy Kids on there and and a, a nod to those kinds of filmmakers uh, for, from that scene. I, I'll kick it off with a piece that is definitely too new to truly be a, a puzzle piece, but I, I guess I would call it more of a companion piece in a way, and that would be last year's Licorice Pizza from Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, both of these movies just have so much of a feel of just kind of recalling a whole bunch of memories from your youth and they may be true they some of them may be false some of them may be a little embellished uh just kind of all over the place just kind of going through and uh telling somebody about about some of the exciting and fun things that you went through when you were younger and uh it's really a fun kind of different way to tell a story i feel like and and it's what makes both of these movies uh, really fun watches, even if they're very, very light on plot and very light on any kind of conflict or anything happening. Yeah, I mean, I actually have a piece that I'll get to later that is almost there for the exact same reason. Um, mm -hmm. The idea of like kind of that uh, nostalgic look back at one's childhood. And I think you make a good point. Like, And the one I'm going to bring up later is also... Eh, you know, maybe a little loose structurally, but it's um, that who cares? Like the love, right. the love comes through. Right. So, yeah, as long as it's fun to watch, it's like sometimes not every movie has to follow that same structure. Yeah. So speaking of looking back to a different time, I'm going to stay in Texas for this one. Uh, I heard a great interview with Richard Linkletter on uh, the Indie Film Hustle podcast before. And they asked him, you know, the, Alex Ferrari, the host, always asks him, you know, the guests, like three of your favorite movies, which obviously rotates. But Linkletter brought up the Texas Trilogy, which uh, I've watched all three of this, the Texas Trilogy. These are like the backbones of Texas indie filmmaking. Mm. Um, and the, the last two are from 1984, right around there, which is Last Night at the Alamo, which is a very interesting, just cool little unique indie piece and then tender mercies uh which is the one uh robert duvall like just amazing uh won the oscar for but that's not my piece my piece is the first one of the texas trilogy the last picture show mm. peter bogdanovich um you know his first and you know best movie um and just in a just that's a masterpiece right there and it kind of harkens back to you know uh small town 
uh, time of that town, a place. But the reason I chose it was because how essential movies were to that story. And Linkletter obviously loves movies. And you see in this film, in Apollo 10 and a half, he's always referencing another way that they're watching movies, whether they're going to the theater or watching like a B movie on TV, you know, like he's just the, the love of movies shines through. And I think that's essential to Last Picture Show. And obviously the connectivity of the Texas trilogy to Linkletter is uh, again, right, right there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just going to piggyback right off of that because that love of movies, to me, I was brought back to Quentin Tarantino's most recent movie, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And one of my favorite things in this movie, I mean, all of the uh, the reminiscing about childhood and all that and, and the fun Apollo stuff is, is great too. But I just really liked the rotoscoped recreations of all all the old movies and the commercials and all that kind of stuff. And to, to me, that was the most fun part of the movie, just watching that stuff. I really loved that. It, it also kind of recalled a little bit of other, I mean, you brought up Robert Rodriguez earlier to go with Tarantino and him with Grindhouse, just kind of bringing you back to that that feel of just a celebration of that period of the movies. Well, I think you're right. I mean, you mentioned the rotoscoping and we could go to Waking Life or sure. uh, Days and Confused. Link Letter, his entire catalog is like a, a puzzle piece to this, right? It really so. is, yeah. So going back, uh, you know, we're talking about um, movies that recall one's childhood and just kind of the look at it. Um, this one has that kind of like whimsical feel. And, you know, we talked about the love of movies. We're covering actually right after we record this, we're covering The Last Metro by Francois Truffaut. Mm. And my next puzzle piece is The 400 Blows, his first movie, which is kind of all about his childhood. And even though there's a lot of like just sadness and just kind of um, bad people or people who don't treat this kid well, um, you could tell there is a longing for this kind of like hanging out and just going through it. And, you know, they go to the movies, all this. But just I felt the personal story of it connected mm -hmm. me to this one because this you could tell, obviously, other than going to space, um, was a very personal story to link letter. And yeah. I just want to add on to that in my letterbox review, go for Jason. That's my letterbox. Follow me. Mm. I, I wrote like only Richard link letter could take the plot of a movie from the foreground, which is kid goes to space to, you know, set up mission for um, Apollo 11 going to space, put it in the background and then put the background of a movie, which is just basically him listing off all the fun things from his childhood yeah. and make that the entire foreground of a movie and make it interesting. Like this yeah. movie shouldn't work the same way when you watch Dazed and Confused. If you had read that as a script, you'd be like, this shouldn't work. And of right. course, it's wonderful and one of the great movies of all time. So, you know, it's only Linkletter can get away with this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's it's totally a Linkletter thing. And. I, even like something like, you know, we're, we're talking about lots of link later throughout this conversation, something like Waking Life. It's like just watching people sit and talk about, you know, uh, existentialism through a rotoscope animation. It's like it just makes all these kinds of different things enjoyable to watch, like the before trilogy, you know, just watching people uh, spend time together and fall in love and have conversations. I mean, it just he's able to make something out of something that's just so simple and kind of mundane. You, you know, back to the 400 blows, like 
there was a review of uh, Apollo 10 and a half that I read that talked about it in terms of it's like some guy at a bar just telling you about his life and he's just like kind of rambling on and on and it just kind of I thought that was like a really good way to capture what this movie feels like. It's just again like you're saying like you know you mentioned the before trilogy we talked about Dazed and Confused in it and Linklater's done like big budget studio movies but he's just so much better off when there are no rules where he doesn't have to follow any rules the movies he's the you know maybe the greatest uh american independent uh filmmaker along with some of the others that we mentioned right you know and yeah and, you know know about but like he's just such a unique and important voice and um i'm just so happy when we get to see him do stuff like this absolutely so you brought up your letterboxed. I'm going to bring up my letterboxed, uh, which is letterboxd.com slash by David Rosen. And uh, I called this uh, Redneck Wonder Years in my review. And so I'm going to go with the Wonder Years, the sitcom that ran in the late 80s for six seasons uh, and is a fairly beloved series with Fred Savage. And of course, just totally all the narration, nonstop narration, looking back at your life. and. Uh, you know, telling all these just stories of the connectivity of all the little bits and pieces and things that just add up to a life lived and uh, everything that goes with it. And it's a it's a uh, a formula that I think has we've seen before in other things. It's certainly a lot more sitcoms, uh, not so many movies, but certainly in other movies as well. Uh, but the Wonder Years is one that I think uh, comes up quite often. Yeah, I love the Wonder Years. I mean, you know, the first few seasons, especially that pilot is is really uh, something, too. But um, the series finale of the Wonder Years is still, to me, the most uh, gut, like the biggest gut punch of a series finale that I've ever seen. The end of it is like you're rooting for something and it's not an unhappy ending. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's mm -hmm. not the ending that you wanted. And it's like, oh, you know, and it's like. <laughs> It, it, it's really something, man. So I love the Wonder Years. Um, there's also that talk in the movie where you said redneck. They have the whole talk of like what's a redneck versus, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever it else it was or whatnot. So yeah, absolutely, a lot of redneck talk here. But that's Texas, so you know. Yeah. Well, let me give you one here that's from maybe eight or ten years ago because there's such a feeling of summer in this movie you know when they go to the beach and you know when they're just kind of enjoying their time off and everything i mean obviously we see the school as well but i felt like this had a real summer vibe to it mm -hmm. so i went with uh kings of summer uh which is a great indie um about sure. just these these two boys who meet these two girls and like really just get lost in the days the endless days of summer and how wonderful it is you know um, and I think I also wanted to put that on there because maybe I think it's Jordan, Jordan Voigt. What's his last name? Is it Roberts? Jordan Voigt Roberts? I believe that? so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he hasn't, he's a big filmmaker now. Right. And it's yeah. like, you know, I liked his indie voice and I want more of that. And it's a good movie worth watching if you haven't seen that. You know, I hadn't thought of it uh, before. That, that's a great piece. I, I, I hadn't put on my list, but the way, way back, I would also put as another one that get, captures that same vibe. It's funny because I considered it, but I like Kings mm -hmm. of Summer better. Nice. Yeah, Kings of Summer is great. Yeah, good good piece there. That definitely captures that kind of vibe. I'm going to go with one that's maybe a little bit out of left field here, but uh, I'm going to go with Being John Malkovich, the uh, Charlie Kaufman, Spike Jones film, because of the whole Apollo 10 and a half being this, this weird 
you know, obviously made up memory of, of this, uh, of this time where this kid was going to be a part of, uh, the Apollo missions because they built the thing too small and they needed a kid to go in there. And, uh, I, I was reminded of being John Malkovich where in order to go into Malkovich's mind, you had to go into the seven and a half floor to, uh, and you had to like bend down and crawl through a little tight space to get in there. And so I just thought it was like a, a fun little connection there. All right. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll allow it i mean i i love that movie but I, I you know you you worked your way into a charlie kaufman piece there i get it so, absolutely well dave let's play off of that idea of kid you know going to space this is uh, i told josh my co-host on awesome movie year when we were talking about it he mentioned a piece and i was like i'll mention that piece because it's a good one space camp from the 80s oh, where all yeah. the teenagers have to uh train to go to outer space and a few years ago, uh, when I was at uh, working a day job, I sat at my desk and watched it on YouTube, and that might be one of the reasons that I don't have a day job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I loved that movie when I was a kid, but I, I don't, I haven't seen it since back then, though. I think it, I think it's kind of like, I mean, if I remember correctly, Leah Thompson in the '80s. I mean, I didn't look up anything, and. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun, you know, 80s uh, teenagers have to save the world movie, if I'm not mistaken. Joaquin Phoenix was in that? I just brought it up. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll go on. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking just, just to add it to the list. I mean, it's a small piece, but I mean, as long as we're talking about Apollo missions, you know, take your pick. I mean, recency sure. bias, I thought of First Man, uh, the Damien Chazelle version, but uh, you, you could take your pick of any of the Apollo mission type stories because, you know, it, in this cool rotoscope animation style, it is cool to see like another take on how all that goes down. Yeah. I mean, again, it's such a minor background piece where you think it's going to be the whole story, right? Right, right. But the story's, like I said, more about like, hey, and then they built the Astrodome and there's a whole piece on the amusement park that the kids get to go to, which brought me back to another one of those movies that we're talking about, like Kings of Summer or, or um, you know, The Way Way Back, which was Adventureland, which all oh, takes yeah. place, you know, and that's another movie that I think maybe is uh was that greg matola there right yeah yeah another movie that deserves a rewatch that i haven't seen in a while but this definitely has that feel of like hey here's uh even the bad things are good in in a place like this right yeah yeah well it's funny that we're we're bringing up all these like like adventure land and kings of summer and the way way back and all these things because as we said earlier this movie you know essentially has no plot like you know it's really just you know them hanging out but but it still captures the exact same vibe and and really like looking back at, at all these things they kind of uh add up to just a hangout basically and so it, it works anyway i love movies where they just do that and i feel like you know everyone oh you know i mean i get it we like plot driven movies but if there's a great movie about characters like why not man yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing we haven't really talked about yet, and this kind of just, it's not really a piece, but just continuing that conversation, but when they're all gathered around watching the actual moon landing and how the kids are just tired and, you know, everybody's just watching it, just, just how mundane it is and just like, you know, it's just regular old life, you know? Yeah, and that... It's funny, Dave, because it kind of ties into my another puzzle piece. And we talked about Adventureland and I was thinking like, OK, well, you know, we have to have something else with an amusement park. And then you think of 
you know, they're going to visit the grandmas and all this fun stuff and how essential like this family unit is. And that took me back to the first National Lampoon's vacation, mm. which, you know, is all family related as they try to go to Wally World. And, um, you know, you get you get those fun side characters like the grandma in this one who was a conspiracy theorist in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's my next piece there. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that, that's... Uh... That's a, that is a fun family unit and all the uh, extra family members. The grandma is great. All the conspiracy and, stuff. You know, we just did, uh, we just had, we're in the middle of 1980 on awesome movie year and we had Caddyshack and Harold Ramis and in 84, sure. we've talked about John Hughes who wrote that movie. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta give our love to our, uh, uh, some of our favorite awesome movie year filmmakers. Making connections there. I like it. Well, uh, I'll go with my last piece then, uh, and this is another thing I mentioned in my my letterboxed uh, review. But uh, this isn't a movie; it's just a an idea that I, I thought would work as a puzzle piece here. And it's the game that you play where you list five facts about yourself, and one of them is a lie. And I feel like that's what this movie is. It's like listing off all these things that happened to you, and one of them is just completely made up. And it's very obvious which one is, but. Uh, it's kind of the uh, the structure of the movie. Well, now you got to do it right now, and let's see if I can guess it. All right. Um, let's see. So I uh, I was in a comedy rap group. I know Elton John. Um, I uh, went to Jew camp for six years. I have traveled to Alaska, and. I uh, have a pop punk group that is yet to release an album. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I know for a fact that you know Elton John because of Rick's Racks Records, where Elton John <laughs> shops when he's in Las Vegas. Come That's see right. me at the Pink House on Decatur and the Pink House. Uh-huh. Um, and I know your first one, obviously, you were Jewish Dave, so mm-hmm. you were in a comedy rap group. I mean... Jew camps were uh, made for you. Jewish summer camps we're talking about. So (laughs) I believe that one. So it comes down to Alaska or pop punk. I'm going to say you haven't been to Alaska. You got it. Ding, 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 Uh, ding. We got a winner. (laughs) We know too much about each other. What's your pop punk group called? Free Sticker. It's me and Q. So, you know, we we, we made up a whole track list and everything and artwork and the whole nine. But one day. There you go. All right. You got any more puzzle pieces? Yeah, I got one more, Dave, because this whole movie is narration. So I thought we had to at least put in one movie where the narrator was essential. And, you know, I picked one that, again, is nostalgic towards childhood and kind of deals with these childhood adventures. And uh, and of course, one of our other favorite awesome movie or filmmakers is Rob Reiner. So stand by me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I almost put it on my list as well. Great one. Like literally every movie or TV show or game we talked about is worth watching on this one. So if you have all these good puzzle pieces and you know it leads to this movie, watch this movie as well. But like, you know, again, like we've talked, you know, Stand By Me, it's about a bunch of kids on an adventure in a nostalgic setting. And, you know, there's a ton of narration. So what else do you need to know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. By the way, speaking of that narration, again, like we said at the top of the show, we didn't cover this on the trailer episode. I actually had not seen a trailer. I just knew there was a new Richard Linklater movie coming out called Apollo Ten and a Half, and it was rotoscoped, and that was all I knew going in. 
Did you know that was Jack Black doing the narration? Only, yes, I did, but I didn't watch a trailer. I just knew it was Jack Black's voice. So I, uh, I didn't recognize it at all. I was so shocked when I saw that at the end. I was like, wait a minute. Really? I mean, yeah, yeah it was a little affected, a little uh, twangy for that maybe mm-hmm. Southern uh, Texas twist. But, you know, between Bernie and School of yeah. Rock, you know, we, we know those two have a, a great working relationship. So Absolutely. I was actually hoping to see the rest of the credits. And then, of course, Netflix took it away from me. <laughs> Yes. I just want to watch, you know, (laughs) as they are known to do. Uh, Well, right on. I think that does it for Apollo 10 and a half. I hope more people watch it. Uh, Jason, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? You know, an awesome uh, movie year, which is not this podcast. So um, I'm I'm going backwards. I'm actually wrong, Dave. It was on piecing it together Mm. earlier this year. Good show. we, in one of our preview episodes, we had previewed Kimmy, the Richard Linkletter movie by Steven Soderbergh, which is not a Richard Linkletter movie, <laughs> but is a Steven Soderbergh movie and really is nothing like a Richard Linkletter movie. But um, we previewed it. And for some reason, I hadn't watched it. And um, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite Soderbergh movies since he's come back. His use of camera and space and just kind of. Um, just his way of storytelling is fantastic. Zoe Kravitz is great. It's on HBO Max. It's a quick 90-minute thriller that really holds together. Highly recommend Kimmy, K-I-M-I. All right. Yeah, I'm still trying to get to it. I will before the end of the year, I'm sure, just like I did No Sudden Move last year, which I didn't. But uh, hopefully, hopefully you I have will. to have a whole Soderbergh weekend. I think or I, I think I do. I think I really do. Uh, but awesome. Jason, tell people where they can find you and awesome movie year and everything else you're up to. Dave, I am still on uh, Jason Harris comedy or Jay Harris comedy on all the socials. My website, go for Jason was uh, designed when they designed the Apollo 10 and a half. So don't go there. But uh, an awesome movie year dot com is cool. Awesome movie year on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome movie pod on Twitter. As I mentioned, we're in the middle of 1980. It's a great season. And we already have the next season plan. And that is just going to be a fantastic season. I can't wait for it. Awesome. Well, Jason, as always, happy to have you here and look forward to next time. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be three more years before you, you know, need me to plug another hole for you. I'm always plugging your holes, Dave. Thanks, Jason. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics, Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Apollo 10 and a half. Thank you to Jason Harris for joining me on that one. And thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, if you enjoy what we do here on Piecing It Together, make sure you are subscribed wherever you are listening, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Good Pods, where we've been in the top 10 lately quite a bit, uh, or over on Podchaser Podcast, whatever app it is you are listening to podcasts on, you could click the subscribe or the follow or 
I don't know, maybe it's like a little plus sign or something, whatever it is, click it and you will be informed of all of our new episodes as they come out. And if that app happens to have a five-star button, we would appreciate if you click that as well while you are clicking things. Uh, also, uh, shout out to Kat Gonzalez, who's been here on the podcast a bunch. She worked on uh, Apollo 10 and a half. So shout out to her and uh, look forward to getting her back on the show as well. But uh, that does it for today's episode. Um, you could also follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Join our Patreon, produced by David Rosen, where I do have a whole bunch of bonus episodes right now. The Lost City is on there, Uncharted. Uh, I think there's a couple others. I know there's a couple others, but I, I don't know. Who, who could keep track? I, I just watch movies. I record podcasts about them. I post them. We also posted a uh, American Pie episode of Awesome Movie Year recently, which is exclusive to the Patreon for now, and a uh, album-length commentary track for my album, A Different Kind of Dream, which is the uh, fifth and final of the album commentary tracks that I have posted on the Patreon. So lots of great stuff. Uh, uh, to check out again it's patreon.com slash by david rosen so uh speaking of my music um i always when whenever a movie has some kind of a space theme to it i always end up closing it out with the track called the void from that album a different kind of dream so let's do that again since it's apollo 10 and a half even though like we talked about in the conversation it's more about growing up in texas but uh you know space apollo the void Let's play it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.